This episode of the Nerd Cave Retro is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. Ooh, and our OBS is going nuts right now. I'm like watching you flicker all over the place, and I don't know what that's about. Uh, it's probably my shoddy internet. It's Weird. Been, it hasn't been working quite right over the last couple of days. I think it might be And it always OBS, seems to do that though. whenever we do the show. Uh, because I'm all, and I know this is technical stuff and people don't care, but I'm looking right at your Skype window and it looks fine, but going into OBS, it is flickering all over the place and I don't know what that is. So hopefully it writes itself. If not, um, it's going to drive people crazy watching on Twitch right now. Damn well, it. <laughs> stupid internet. Oh, well let's forge ahead. Shall we? Yeah. So Derek, Tell me what your day has consisted of. It's Father's Day, and neither of us are fathers, but we both have fathers. So how was your day? Well, I had to work, uh, unfortunately, so did not get to spend time with the family for Father's Day. But, you know, did talk to my dad, wished him a, a happy Father's Day and all that fun stuff. Uh, it's It's been actually a very, very busy week for me. You know, we've we've hit the halfway point of baseball season today, so... It's all downhill from here, so That's just cool. counting down the days until the end of August. <laughs> um, some exciting news. I put out the casting call for my short film uh, that I've been working on for what seems like forever <laughs> and actually got really good uh, response to it. I got upwards I of you? 20. And you were worried. Hmm? I was worried. I mean, I, I, always, I always keep my expectations low <laughs> so that way when things work out, you know, I'm all the happier. And then if they don't work out, I'm not as disappo- as disappointed. But I got upwards of, I think, close to 20 audition requests. Wow. So a lot. just waiting for just waiting for those to come in. Um, looking at doing callbacks probably in mid-July and then hopefully start shooting uh, late September, early October. So. It, it, it's looking like because I I've, I know I've talked with you about this off air, but I haven't exactly been in the best headspace in the last few months. So, mm-hmm. you know, I finally decided to just do something to try and get myself out of it. And it's looking like this might be it. Well, I, you know, I think, um, you know, kind of I think we've both been in kind of a bad headspace the last couple of months. So. <laughs> It's good that, um, you know, you're getting that going. Oh, I think I fixed the flickering. Um, you know, you're getting that going and, um, nope, I spoke too soon. <laughs> you're flickering again. Damn it. Sorry, anybody it that's heard watching you. this on, uh, on Twitch or will be watching it on YouTube. I apologize. I'm going to have to go and try to figure out what the hell that is once we're done here. Um, but yeah, I have another short film that I want to be working on that um, Wally helped me write. We have a, a couple of full, you know, full-sized movies that we want to do and television shows that we'd like to pitch. So hopefully, the next couple of months we'll we'll be able to to get some more stuff out there because I hate feeling stagnant. Every time I get stagnant, I start feeling weird. Mm-hmm. No, it's... no, I'm I'm right there with you, and and I've been. I've been working on the script really since this time last year and then just kind of fell off of it. And then I think in March or April finally finished it and decided, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to stop worrying. <laughs> I'm just going to do it. And I, I've been talking with you know our mutual friend Steve Wise a lot. And he said, I'm not going to lie. It's going to overwhelm you, <laughs> but but you'll be fine. Yeah. So well, that's how it was. Uh, no, for he's, monsters he's too. been he's been a huge help. 
Yeah, I lean on him a lot lately for for stuff, and I know he gets tired of me constantly, <laughs> you know, e- uh, messaging him on Facebook, Facebook, and be like, "Oh, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Can I? Will you help me with this? Blah blah blah." And I'm sure he's just like, "Damn it, stop messing with me." I like to picture he's sitting in his office at like 11 o'clock at night talking with at least 10 people on Facebook Messenger. (laughs) Sure, that's what his nights consist of. Probably. But no, I'll definitely keep everyone posted, you know, on the the status of everything. But, you know, other than that, you know, staying busy with work, um, doing my other show, I did a did an AMA this past week uh, on Facebook Live. Probably going to do another one this week because uh, I don't really have anything in the can as far as like interviews or roundtables or anything. But we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, that's cool. Um, as far as my day, uh, I went to GameStop today for the first time in forever. I I knew my mistake. <clears throat> uh, I, I've been in GameStop a couple times over the last few years, and, and it got to the the point where I just didn't even want to walk in the place because as soon as you walk in, it's like, you know, they're like leeches. They're like, can I get you anything? Can you want anything? You want to put five dollars down or something? You want to pre-order this? You want to pre-order that? I'm like, no, I just want to move on. Look around. Leave me alone. So I just stopped going in there, and I probably haven't spent any money in GameStop. I'd say in at least five years at minimum that I've spent any money in GameStop. So today um, was the release of Flashback. So I wanted to see if um, anywhere had a physical copy of it because I wanted a physical copy. I went to Target. They didn't have it. And right next door is Target. So I went into Target. And of course, there's a lot of people in there, but there's only one person working the register. And I'm looking around, and I, and I didn't really, I didn't see it, and I didn't find it in Target. I didn't find it in GameStop, but they did have uh, a clearance rack with uh, a Super Mario Three Pixel Pal that I wanted to buy, and it was fifty percent off the already clearance price. So I was going to pick it up for five bucks. I'm like, this is awesome. So I get, I I pick up my box. I'm walking to the counter, and I see the dreaded. Uh, person who who is turning in their old xbox 360 with about 50 games oh no no. i'm gonna be here forever (laughs) (laughs) and there was still one person ahead of me behind them and i'm standing there in line and my wife is walking around looking and she's like hmm is this gonna take forever is it worth it you know so I, I, the guy behind the counter is like plugging in the Xbox and he's like checking everything, he's checking all the controllers. And I just finally got to the point where I was like, you know what? Screw it. I just went and put the Super Mario back and walked out of the store. And I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to GameStop again, ever. Uh, not only do should they have had at least one other person working, if you only have one person working... And you know you're going to be tied up with this, uh, trying to buy someone's Xbox 360 with two, you know, Walmart grocery bags full of games. It's going to take you a while. So why don't you say to them, excuse me, I have a line forming here. Let me get them out of the way and then I will come back to you if that's okay. I'm sure they would have been fine with that, but no. He like didn't even acknowledge our existence behind these people. And I knew this was going to take like an hour. I mean, they got to go through every single game and then, uh, you know, and then at the end of everything, they're probably going to get what, like eight bucks, nine bucks for everything. <laughs> like you're, you're probably, you might get 20, 25 bucks if you're lucky for all of that. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and wait through all that just to get, you know, a $5 Super Mario Brothers 3 Pixel Pal that would have looked awesome on the shelf behind me for when we're recording the show, but no. I was not going to waste my time. So GameStop, there's a reason why you're going out of business. Because you suck awfully. (laughs) That's all I have to say. Yeah, I'm lucky in the sense that there's a GameStop in the mall that's like two blocks from my house. They're actually not that bad. They normally are good about having at least two people working. Mm. And they don't 
follow you around. Like when you walk in, of course, they'll ask, you know, if they can help you with anything, but they don't pester you with, you know, wanting to pre-order stuff and the things that GameStop is known for. Yeah. So that, that one, that one I can go to. Uh, there are some other ones in town that are much like the one you just described. So if I ever go to GameStop, I just go to the mall. And, well, that's the thing. There's two GameStops in that shopping center, <laughs> which is weird. But there's one that's that like on weird. the other side of the interstate where I was at, uh, which was like maybe two minutes away. But I'm not going to go over there. I'm not going to do that. You know, GameStop, you're just, you're awful. You've always been awful, and I'm never going there again. So if I need to buy something, I'm either going to Target or Best Buy, and I'm never going in there again. So thanks, guys, for wasting, you know, 30 minutes of my afternoon. And, like, you know, the people that are turning in the Xbox 360, I'm like, this thing's probably full of, like, nicotine smoke because they're, like, the, you know, they're, like, older and the lady was like, yeah, we've got 50 games here. <laughs> like almost dying while she's talking to the guy. And I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> she's actually developing cancer yeah. as she's talking to I'm you. Like, I'm like, she, like you, she need to go get checked for emphysema, lady. Take your money from the Xbox 360 and go get a... Uh, uh, go get a lung scan. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I love it. Uh, but let's go ahead and move into the news for this week. Uh, let me bring up, which is our first story? Hold on. Before I, I'm E3. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's right. Here we go. Let's move into the news. Uh, this is on Kotaku.com. This was everything that uh, Nintendo showed at E3 2018. Uh, they closed it out on what? What was that? Tuesday that uh, mm -hmm. they had their thing. I uh, got a couple anticipated ports. Fortnite and Hollow Knight are coming to the uh, the Switch, which is cool because the Fortnite is actually going to be able to cross-play with Xbox um, One players, which I think is really awesome. Of course, Sony said no to that, but we'll we might get into that in a little bit. See what I want to know what your your opinion on that is. Uh, Super Mario Party is coming uh, as a group of four people uh, laying two switches on the table and rearranging them and using both screens to do Super Mario Party, which that's going to be kind of cool. Uh, we also had Xenoblade Chronicles Two is getting some DLC. Fire Emblem is coming out probably next year in 20... Uh, it says coming tw uh, spring 2019. I never played any of the Fire Emblem stuff. Have you ever played that? I have not. Uh, see, like I said, Hollow Knight is coming out on Switch uh, today. So that was out earlier this week. And the big one coming out this year, Super Smash Brothers is coming out later this year. Um... They showed the full roster, and it's about 50 or 60 different players that are going to be in there. Uh, they didn't show anything from uh, Metroid, which was kind of odd to me. Um, they did uh, show a Splatoon 2 Octo expansion. It is actually out as of earlier this week. Um, that's about it. So, um, is there anything in particular you wanted to, to kind of talk about that's, that's upcoming for the Nintendo switch? Well, <clears throat> I knew that smash brothers would be the focal point of this, of this Nintendo direct. I was a little disappointed that there wasn't anything with Metroid or even this supposed open world Pokemon game that's going to come out. Yeah. But that being said, the, the three big things that I took away, well, Fortnite being available for the Switch is huge. And the fact that it came out that day, just I can imagine that Reddit and other Nintendo websites were just losing their mind yeah. when that was dropped. Um, I did download Fortnite. I haven't played it yet. I um, obviously, you know, it's it's a huge worldwide phenomenon right now, so getting it for the switch and being able to play with Xbox players is absolutely huge. And Fortnite is just such a genius concept because it's free. Yeah. It's a free game. It's absolutely insane. And they make all their um, money off of, uh, cosmetic items for mm -hmm. the game, which is genius. Yep. 
Yep. It absolutely is. Uh, Mario Party looks really fun. I'm being able to connect two switches to create to play one game. Yeah, I think is really intriguing. Um, I did watch some gameplay of it. Um, it looks like it's and it could be just from what little I watched. It looks to be a little scaled down as far as like the map sizing and everything goes. But then again, it could have just been a demo. Yeah. So I, I'm definitely intrigued by it. But of course, you know, Smash Brothers dropping the dropping the bombshell that every Smash Brothers character that's ever been in any game hmm. will be playable is amazing. Yeah. It, it's like the Infinity War of Nintendo. I mean, just to name it's a absolutely few. Insane. Uh, you know, of course, there's Samus, Kirby, Bowser, Link from Breath of the Wild, Donkey Kong, Fox, Falco, Marth, Zelda. Uh, let's go down a little bit. Uh, the Ice Climbers are on there. Captain Falcon, Fa- uh, Falcon, Zero Suit, Samus. Uh, let's see, Charizard, <laughs> uh, Jigglypuff, um, Diddy Kong is in there. Bayonetta is in there. Dr. Mario, Rob, Rob the Robot is in there. Duck Hunt. Pit and Dark Pit are in there, which I oh I would love to play those two. Uh, Bowser Jr., Toon Link, Young Link, uh, let's see, Little Mac, uh, Pac Man, Mega Man, Luigi, Yoshi, uh, and um, also they debuted Ridley from Metroid is also going to yes. be a playable character in there as well. I thought that was awesome. The trailer was. So badass. Well, did you actually really see the uh, the the Nintendo um, presentation for me three? Mm-hmm. I watched it live. Yeah, they spent a lot of time on Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, my only gripe with that is that I didn't really need to know the differences from every single character between like their first appearance in the Smash Brothers franchise up to now. Yeah, that part I kind of you know, tuned out. And then when I saw it was wrapping up, they showed the trailer for Ridley um, and the Splatoon kids. Uh, the Inklings are in it as well. So, I mean, there there's characters for everybody and there are some that what they're now calling echo characters or like echo fighter or something, which is basically a character that's very similar to an original version. Like Dr. Mario is very similar to Mario. It's just, he wears a lab coat yeah. and throws pills instead of <laughs> fireballs Dark Pit is essentially the same as normal Pit. Well, they also announced that Princess Daisy is going to be in the game as an as an Echo Fighter of um, uh, Princess Peach. That's so awesome. it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think they're actually going to start the game where you play as you can only choose the original eight characters. Uh, and then you just constantly are unlocking stuff. Yeah. Which I think is amazing. You know, that and the game comes out December seventh of this year. So that's going to be the big holiday release for the Switch. And I think it's absolutely perfect. I will yeah. be getting this opening day, and you probably will not hear from me for a while because <laughs> I will be playing it constantly. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna ask for this for Christmas this year. I mean I tell my wife, like, I don't want anything else, just give me Super Smash Brothers and I'll be cool. You'll love it. You'll absolutely love it. And then, you know, the I'm excited about the Splatoon stuff, too. Um, they released a couple of new Amiibos, which I'll have to pick up at some point. Um, what RPG was it that they announced? It wasn't, it wasn't Hollow Knight. There was another game. We've talked about it before. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't remember. It's, I think it's called Octo something. Yeah. It's basically like a 16-bit looking RPG. Didn't that just... game I'm really excited for because it, it's right up my alley. It looks like an RPG and feels like an RPG that I would yeah. play on the Super Nintendo. Um, yeah, because we just talked about it, um, what, like a week or so ago. Within the last two weeks, we talked about that game. I think I might have just found it. Octopath Traveler. That's it. Yep. Oh, I just found it too. Octopath Traveler. Um, let's see, Pokemon's Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee are both coming on November 16th. Um, Killer Queen, uh, version of the legendary competitive arcade Killer Queen is coming to Switch later this year. Damon X Machina is coming out. Um, it's a mech game. Dragon Ball Fighter Z, SNK Heroines Tag Team Frenzy, 
and also Octopath Traveler. So there's a lot coming out for the Switch that is very interesting coming out this year. Yeah, and I was expecting maybe a little more from the Nintendo presentation, but it definitely didn't disappoint me. I mean, they brought out Fortnite, which I thought was very essential. Um, Xenoblade looked cool, even though that's a game that I probably will never play. Yeah. Um, you know, but Smash Brothers was was the big thing. Like, that's the big release for 2018 for Nintendo. And yeah, I, I think... I think remember, very deservingly so. You got to remember too. I mean, they didn't really have too much to do with E3 because we do have Nintendo Direct now, so they don't need E3. E3 is just more of a, um, I don't know. I guess they just it's one of those things that you just kind of feel like you have to do, you know, instead yeah. of it being the big thing. Like now, Nintendo can just release stuff whenever they feel like it. And that that's that's cool with me. I mean, E3 is fun, like looking at all the stuff's going to be coming out. But I mean, you look at some of the stuff for like Sony and Xbox, like Xbox <clears throat> or Microsoft, actually not Xbox. They they they're basically they didn't have a lot to show, but they're buying up a lot of studios so that they can have more first party stuff. You know, at the earliest like next year. Or maybe even by the time the next console comes around, they actually have more to offer. Because, <clears throat> honestly, the Xbox One, I, I think, is pretty much just dead in the water at this point. Yeah, and I will say, and maybe it's because I'm you know, a Nintendo fan at heart and they don't have as big of a presence at E3 as they used to. But I don't look forward to E3 like I used to. Like I remember in high school... That was like the thing to look forward to. And I would be on IGN constantly looking at stuff with E3. But now it's, you know, I'll see what Nintendo does. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, same here. I mean, I like E3, but, it, you know, like I said, at the same time, it's like they, they announce stuff that's like two, three years down the road. And it's like, I'm going to forget about this in like four months. So why are you... You know, why are you announcing things that aren't even close to being ready? Like, they announced the, uh, the a new Star Wars game that's supposed to be coming out, and they didn't even have anything to show. And I'm like, why are you telling me? Surprise me in a year with, like, some gameplay or something. But don't sit there and go, yeah, we got a great idea for a Star Wars game that's going to be coming in 2021. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. Save it for 2021 and say, mm -hmm. oh, this is available now. Yeah, like come out and say, and it's available today. I'm like, and everybody's like, ah, screaming like, that's awesome. I don't want to know about crap that's coming out like four years from now. Get on with all that. <laughs> yeah. Well, our new uh, next story comes to us from TechCrunch.com. PlayMaji, hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, is looking to bring its modular retro gaming console to market i feel like we talk about a story like this every week where somebody's wanting to break out a retro gaming console mm -hmm. but tucked away in a far corner of the west pavilion of the los angeles convention center among the independent game developers showcased by indicade during e3 is a small booth demonstrating the latest polymega hardware <clears throat> excuse me a device that's billing itself as the nes classic for every old school game released on every old school gaming platform the company that's making the device first debuted last year as Retroblox, and while its name has changed, it's now called PlayMaji, and its hardware has gotten more refined, the vision remains very much the same. I'm not going to lie. I've never heard of you know PlayMaji, Retroblox, anything that has to do with this. Yeah, the only thing I've heard of, uh, you know, there's stuff like the Hyperkin stuff and, and things of that nature. I mean, <clears throat> this looks cool. Like they have sort of like a mock-up of it, and it's it's really kind of interesting looking. Like it's it's kind of hard to describe. You just have to go to TechCrunch and look at the at the article for it. It's sort of like um, like how would you even describe this? There's like a CD player on the bottom, which you would play your PlayStation stuff with, and then right up above that looks like. Um, from the controller ports, it looks like something Sega, uh, and the one up, like maybe the, the Sega Genesis and the one up above that looks sort of like, um, 
That looks like a Nintendo 64 module. Kind of. And then the one up above that is a PlayStation, uh, looks mm-hmm. like. And then above that is a Nintendo. No, no, that looks like a Super Nintendo. And the one above yep. that is Nintendo. Um, and I'm not sure where you would uh, actually play the games, like where you would actually plug the games in. Um, do you see anything? Well, it looks like you take each of the modules out, and on the top of them is where you would put the cartridges. So, yeah, what I'm that looking at here. That could be the here, case, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the different pictures here. You kind of pull the... Oh, okay. I see how it works now. So each module is connected to that little, um, what looks like a CD player on the very bottom. And each module you dock with that. Um, and each module is either the Super Nintendo, the Nintendo, the Nintendo, uh, Sega Genesis or PlayStation. And I guess you kind of switch them out as you want to play each one. Which would actually be kind of cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the like the little print on the on each. Basically, I, I mean, I would call it a controller dock. Um, it actually says what controllers work on each dock, which is actually really cool. Hmm. Yeah, looking through all the photos, yeah, you basically you you put the little dock on top of what you say is the CD player, and that's where you put the cartridge. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Cool. It's interesting. It, it says it would sell for $249.99 initially with module sets that allow for users to upload games from different consoles starting at another 60 bucks. These modular sets also include controllers that resemble the classic designs from NES and Sega systems. I don't know I if this thing actually turned out to to be put in stores and it was, you know, uh, very well built, um, turned everything into, you know, HD, like with an HDMI into the television, I would consider getting something like this. I would agree with that. You know, looking more, looking more in depth, you know, it, I don't know if it's something that I would for sure get, but it's definitely intriguing for sure. Yeah. Well, well I'll keep my eye on this. And um, cause play Maji. So if you want to look at this, just go to TechCrunch.com and look up play Maji. It's P P L A Y M A J I, and um, it, you'll it, this just article just came out a few days ago, so you'll be able to find it very easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on to our last story for the night. I just saw this a little while ago, and it made me very very happy. Donkey Kong, and this is on Mashable.com, Donkey Kong comes to the Nintendo Switch in its original arcade form. And this is what I have been waiting on for so long. Uh, The original arcade version of Donkey Kong has landed for the Nintendo Switch. Announced at E3 on Thursday, the re-release is the latest from Nintendo's Arcade Archive series and sees the game reproduced in all its maddeningly difficult glory. Uh, First reported by Kotaku, it's hit the Switch for a relatively affordable amount at $8.99, and um, I actually think that's a pretty good price for it. Uh, Fortnite is free, uh, and Donkey Kong is $8.99, so for 9 bucks, you can have yourself a pretty cool weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I think this is great, you know, and the fact that it's the arcade version is really cool. You know, I mean, we've we've been waiting for Nintendo to release stuff like this. Yeah. And I, I know the whole, you know, online system comes out in September, but I, I think this is a nice little tease. I think that's what people really want. If you want to really break it down. You're never going to be able to play these original arcade versions of these games unless you have the actual arcade cabinet or if you get um, you know, a ROM from somewhere and have a, an, an emulator. But I would love to play original arcade titles on the Switch. Like, and I'm not talking about... I'm talking about not just like the Nintendo stuff like Donkey Kong and Mario Brothers and things like that. 
I want to play like the original NARC. That was the arcade version. Um, you know, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game, the the Simpsons arcade game, like uh, Aliens versus Predator. And I know a lot of this stuff is uh, a logistical nightmare when it would come to licensing this stuff, which I'm not even sure those companies that made those games even have the licenses anymore. But if there's a way to do it, there's a market for that stuff. I would so oh, pick up all that stuff, especially like the old NARC, uh, the original Double Dragon from the arcade, all the arcade stuff that you can't get anymore. You know, pay I would pay between five and ten bucks for arcade ports to the Nintendo Switch. Come on, Nintendo, give me all of it. Give me everything. I want it. Take my money. Do it now. I'm I'm offering you my money, Nintendo, and you're not taking it. Just do it. Uh, to quote Arnold, do it now. Do it now. Well, let's go ahead and move into uh, this month in video game history. Uh, let's see. The first one we've got here is uh, in 1987 in June, Outrun for the Sega Master System Mark III was released. The superscaling employed by Sega's iconic racer would obviously never translate perfectly to the 8 bits, but Sega clearly tried with some nice bright graphics and the hills and valleys of the arcade brought into the home, making it stand out among other in, uh, intro uh, into the screen racers. I don't know what that sentence means. I must have wrote this wrong. <laughs> That's weird. That's a weird sentence. Sorry. But yeah, I, I get what they mean though. Um, it was, I, I did play Outrun a few times when I was a kid from the couple of my friends that actually had Sega Genesis. And I always thought it was a really good, um, you know, version of that game, the Outrun games. Yeah, I've heard of this, but never, you know, I've said this multiple times. I was never really into Sega. I was Nintendo at heart, and the only exception I really made was the Sonic franchise. But yeah. I, I, I have heard of it. Well, I had a friend, I've heard I had good things. one friend that had the, he was a Sega kid. He had he had the Master System and he had a, a Sega Genesis, and um, I remember I was probably in fourth grade when I went and stayed at his house a couple times uh, during our fourth grade year, and um, he had the Sega Master System and he had Outrun, and um, what was the original? Um, uh, it was a racer. It was um, it came with the the Master System. It was a um, uh, a motorcycle game. Now I can't remember the name of it. Let's see. With was Master. It, was it Road S Rash? It wasn't Road Rash, was it? Um, Hang On? Hang On, that's it. Yeah, Hang On. I remember playing Hang On. And that was a really good uh, video game back in the day. It was kind of like... It was way better than Rad Racer, if I do say. <laughs> yeah. Um, also in June of 1987, Konami releases Metal Gear, which is an overhead military action-adventure stealth video game considered to be the progenitor. Yeah. I think is that word? Of yeah. the stealth game yeah. genre, it is the first video game designed by Hideo Kojima, who directed many of the later Metal Gear sequels. Uh, it was cool as... You know, with Smash Brothers, uh, including every character, that also includes Snake from Metal Gear Solid because he was in Smash Brothers Brawl for the Wii, and that people lost their mind over that. Yeah, <laughs> um, never, never played a Metal Gear game. Um, I would like to at some point, um, but I, you know, I, obviously they're still going on. So I played the original Metal Gear for the NES, and I did not like it when I was a kid. I do not like stealth games. I tried to get into the um, the Splinter Cell games uh, back in the original Xbox days. I tried to get into uh, Assassin's Creed in the 360 era, and I just can't do it. I hate stealth games. I, I can't get into them at all. They can be very boring. Well, I just don't have the patience for it. I'm a run and gun type of guy. Give me, <laughs> you know, give me Halo. Give me, um, 
just any kind of anything else that doesn't require me to have to be quiet and slow. <laughs> so would you say that you're the Leroy Jenkins of self Oh yeah, games? I am so Leroy <laughs> Jenkins. That's why I I used to get kicked out kicked out of guilds all the time on when I played WoW back in the day because I just I had no patience for people and waiting and you know like we'd go do raids and we would just sit and do nothing for like an hour waiting for you know to to attack something and i would just get bored and just go running through everything and then wipe the whole raid so i would get kicked out of guilds all the time leroy Jenkins. all i wanted was some chicken uh in june of 1988 <laughs> Nintendo releases the last issue, number seven, of the Nintendo Fun Club News, and soon after was the the Nintendo Power, which was the greatest magazine ever made. Oh, damn right it was. Uh, I remember when, I mean, the Fun Club News was a bit before my time. Yeah. Um, I, I had briefly heard of it, but, you know, I, I remember getting, I think I started with issue... Was it four or five of Nintendo Power, and collected it up until you know close to the end of its run? Yeah, I remember you know going knowing around the time when that magazine would be sent you know through the mail. I would go with my mom to the post office, and as soon as we would get it, I would just start reading it because luckily I didn't get car sick as a kid. Yeah, <laughs> so I could I could read whatever I wanted, and I you know, I remember. I know we're talking more about Nintendo Power than Fun Club News, but I remember the the comic strips that used to be in that mm-hmm. that magazine. You know, I think uh, the kid's name was Nestor. Yeah, Howard and Nestor. Or something like. Yeah, Howard and Nestor, and then they actually did comic adaptations of some of the uh, Super NES games. Like they did one for Mario World, Link yeah. to the Past, and they did one I think for Metroid and Star Fox as well. God, I love Nintendo Power so much. I had almost every single issue from probably the very first issue until about, I think I stopped getting it like right around like 92 probably, 92, Mm -hmm. 93, somewhere around there. And I had every single issue for about that five or six year run. I wish I still had every single one of them. And I, I went up to, uh, when I went up to Jersey and was hanging out with um, Joey Image, he still has his very first issue of Nintendo Power, the very first one about Super Mario Brothers 2. And I told him, I was like, dude, and it's in almost perfect condition. Like, it hasn't been, like, it's been perfectly preserved for 30 years. And I was like, dude, you need to get this, like, in plastic right now and get it graded. Like, at the second, uh, go put it in plastic. Yeah, I remember that cover. That all the characters look like they're made out of, like, Play-Doh. Yeah, it was like a cl- uh, everything was made out of clay. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. That's really cool. But like I said, you know, I, I, I have no real memory of the Fun Club news just because it was before my time. Yeah. Uh, and actually coming up next for the uh, the next one that you're about to do, Derek, I, I just want to put a uh, disclaimer on this, that there are different websites that claim that Double Dragon came out in 1988. Some say 1989. And that's the trouble with doing video game history is you got to do a lot of research because there's a lot of misinformation because they didn't do release dates back then. They mm-hmm. just kind of dropped it out there. So Nintendo Dragon... I don't know which site is correct, but it came out in either June of 88 or 89 for the port, the NES port. So if, if it's not 1988, I apologize, but that's where I put it and all yours. No, <laughs> no, no worries. No. And allegedly 1988 or it could be 1989. Uh, Double Dragon was ported to the family computer by Technos Japan. The game was published for the NES in North America by Trade West, who was given the license to produce other home versions of the game as well. I tend to I think mean, that this came out in 88. I, I'm going to say it was 88, because I remember actually playing this before, or right around the time when I first got the Nintendo, and I got it in May of 88. Or no, it was 89. I got it in May of 89, and I actually played this at my cousin's house like 
a year before that, like way before I got my Nintendo. I remember playing it before I got my Nintendo because it was one of the games that I wanted so badly when I got the Nintendo. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say it came out in '88. I think that's a safe assumption. Yeah, but of course I'm old. And my my memory is starting to go, so you never know. That's <laughs> no, all good. Uh, and we're closing out here, the last two, uh, into 1989. Um, hold on me. Ooh, what just happened? My Google Doc just went nuts. Um, that was weird. It's been acting up all day. Yeah, I don't know. Because I looked at it earlier today, and, you know, it, it was doing the same thing. Crazy. All right, here we go. And June 5th of 1989... Bullfrog releases Populous, one of the first commercially successful God games. Do you remember Populous? I know the name. I remember this Never coming played out. It, though. They had this for the Super Nintendo, and I really wanted this game because I thought it, uh, it would be awesome. I love simulators, especially when mm. you can go through and actually destroy it, you know, like God mode. That That's always been some of my favorite kind of things to do. Like, I love... Um, you know, games like uh, Civilization and things like that. Some of my favorite games are, are you know, uh, Civilization building games. Yeah. No, my my personal, like, my first memory of those type of games was SimCity for the Super Nintendo, which is a game that I will probably review fairly soon because I've been kind of wanting to revisit it because I haven't played it probably since I was a kid. But I, I have very fond memories of that game. But no, the, these type of games are cool. Oh, yeah. I, I like them quite a bit. But to round out this month in video game history, in June of 1989, Lucasfilm Games releases Puzzle puzzle Game Pipe Mania, which lives on in other titles as a visual representation of computer or security system hacking. Uh, and they're actually talking about um, Bioshock took this as, a, as their hacking um, system in the game. Really? Yeah. Huh. I did not know that. Oh, it actually says it right here. Within Bioshock, a variation of the game exists as a means of hacking machinery. A successful hack is beneficial to the player. Uh, Alien Swarm, Saints Row 4, and Warframe also use variants of the game to represent hacking tasks. God, Bioshock was one of those games that you know, to to quote you, passed me by. Oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> I love I've, the Bioshock games. I've heard nothing but great things. If you ever get a chance to go back and play those, those are very much worth it. Uh, I would love, I think, didn't they do a Bioshock um, sort of compilation not too long ago for the PS4, if I'm not mistaken? Let me look Let's this see. up. Bioshock compilation. They did. Um, all I'm getting is like... Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it right uh, now. Bioshop compilation porn videos on Pornhub.com. Thanks, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not getting anything as far as that, but <laughs> it's saying there's a lot of Bioshock porn here, so I don't know what I have stumbled into, but I'm going to X out of that window <laughs> no there Weird. there is a bioshock collection available for ps4 and xbox one it came out uh, in 2016 dude you should definitely pick that up because those are you have a ps4 don't you i do yeah you need to get that get on that dude bioshock is great guy i haven't turned on my ps4 probably <laughs> since december i haven't either <laughs> i almost <laughs> bought today at uh at target i Almost bought um, Resident Evil Revelations. They had it on a clearance rack for ten bucks for the PS4, and I was gonna get it, but the the Blu-ray, the CD was loose inside the pack, so I was like, I was like, no, I'm not getting that because I won't be able to return it if it's broken. Yeah. So I let it let it go. I was like, yeah, I don't need that. 
Oh, that's good stuff. Uh, what what is going on? Hold, let me reopen this. <laughs> Hold on just a second. Something is going crazy with the Google Docs tonight. And if you're watching on Twitch, like Derek looks like he's uh, Max headrooming in the little box there. I don't know what's going on with the internet tonight, but sun flares, you need to stop. Yeah. Well, while you pull up your Google Docs, okay. uh, I'll tell everyone about books. Sounds so good. for you the. So for you, the listeners of the Nerd Cave Retro podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And just to make sure I get the title right, let me pull up the app real quick. Uh, the book I've been listening to is The Actor's Life, A Survival Guide by Jenna Fisher, who you most know as Pam from The Office. Um, it's a really good book. Uh, it's about her life story as well as some of the struggles that you'll more than likely have to go through to make it in the acting business. So if you're into that kind of stuff, definitely check it out. But they've got Star Wars books. They've got fiction, nonfiction, sci-fi, romance. Uh, they have multiple gaming books from Halo, World of Warcraft, Gears of War, Mass Effect. Really any genre you can think of, Audible's got it. And it's free. It's the best four-letter word in the dictionary free, and in human free. vocabulary. So if you want to do that, go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. And tonight's review is... Uh, so catchy hmm. and so peaceful too. I know it sounds so much like legend of the Ni mystical ninja. It's crazy. So this week I'm going to be reviewing a game that I've been wanting to honestly for quite a while. Uh, it's called Pocky and Rocky, which is a 1992 multi-directional scrolling shooter video game developed by Natsumi for the super Nintendo entertainment system. It's actually, and I didn't know this uh, until I read the Wikipedia, you know, when I was doing research, it's the sequel to the 1986 arcade game Kiki Kai Kai, developed by Taito. Um, Pocky and Rocky follows the adventures of a young Shinto shrine maiden named Pocky and her new companion, Rocky the Tanuki, as they attempt to save a group of creatures known as the Nopino Goblins. Uh, gameplay takes place from a top-down perspective and features both single-player and co-op modes. Now, to to turn back the clock a bit uh, and also to go back to our Nintendo Power conversation from earlier, you know, I had a I had quite a few Super Nintendo games. Like that was that was my system. I had, you know, a lot of games that I had collected throughout the years, and I remember distinctly reading an issue of Nintendo power and reading about this game. And it intrigued me one because of the look and the top down view reminded me of games like mystical ninja and mm. Link to the past. Um, and Tanuki, you know, most people know Tanuki as the Tanuki suit you get from uh, super Mario brothers three, Yeah, very similar to that. And I also didn't know this until I was doing research, but the Tanuki is also um, like a good luck charm. In Japan, yeah, isn't it like a fertility god too? Like the, uh, I think so. The they'll do giant golden statues of a tanuki, and even uh, you notice this when you play Legend of the Mystical Ninja. They have very big testicles. Yeah, <laughs> even when you're playing Legend of the Mystical Ninja, they'll have like the big tanuki statue, and it's like humongous testicles, and you're like, whoa, hello. <laughs> oh, geez. But no, I, I actually learned a lot about about this game. And, you know, it was one that I just never picked up for some reason. And then years and years went by. And I remember when we started doing the show, I had a list of games that I had never played for like the Nintendo 64 and the Super Nintendo. And this was right near the top. So I finally decided to do it. And the cool thing about this game is that it's super easy to get into. The gameplay is so simple. I mean, it's top-down view. 
and you really only have two moves that you can do. If you play as Pocky, you throw uh, playing cards, or you can hit enemies with your wand. I know it's not exactly called a wand, but it's pretty much what it is. Oh, it's called a, a Gohai, hmm. which is a wooden wand which is used in Shinto rituals. Um, or if you play as Rocky, he throws leaves and uses his tail. And the characters are very similar. They have a couple of different abilities. Um, like I think Pocky's, she has a bomb attack, which is a little more powerful than Rocky's. And they can both slide, but Rocky can slide a little bit farther. So there's very subtle differences, but they're essentially the same character. Um, I, I prefer to play as Rocky just because I like the Tanuki, to be yeah. perfectly honest. <laughs> Uh, but but they're they're both you know they're pretty much the same. Um, as far as the story goes, uh, it's set in a Far East themed world. Uh, as I mentioned, um, the Pino goblins were basically taken over or brainwashed, went insane, and whatnot. I um, mean, you have to go through the game and you fight different bosses who have been possessed by this being called the Black Mantle. And you just, the game's actually kind of short. And the worlds are kind of short, too, which would be a little bit of a knock on it, but it's still so much fun. And I I really, really wish that I had played this game when I was a kid, because I I think this would be probably in like my top 10 Super Nintendo games of all time. Well, same here. Like, you know, you, you had talked about this doing this last week, and I thought I had played this game before because I... The cover art looks so familiar. Like, I remember seeing this on the shelf at the local video store. And this looks like something I would have rented, but I never... I, when I was looking at the, the video, I, I watched some YouTube videos of gameplay of this. And I, and I was like, I've never played this before, but it looks so much like Legend of the Mystical Ninja. I probably just thought I had played this. But I want to get a copy of this because this would have been something I would have really enjoyed. As much as I love Legend of Mystical Ninja and it's one of my favorite games for the Super Nintendo, I have to have this because it it's so closely related to it. Yeah. I've been looking for a physical copy as well. Um, I have yet to find one in person, so I've I've been playing an emulator of it. But I don't think it's that expensive online. I like, I've seen some that are like obnoxiously pricey, but then I've seen some that are like, you know, ten, fifteen dollars, I think. I'm so it, it really things. varies. Um as far as uh, kind of going back to the gameplay a little bit, it, it's fairly it's fairly simple, but I will say something that I struggled with until I really got the timing down. A lot of the enemies move fairly quickly. And you, you get upgrades throughout the like throughout the levels. So like if you collect this power up and you're playing like say as Rocky, for example, and you throw just one leaf, but you can hold, you know, the button down to just rapid fire. Yeah. But if you get an upgrade, you'll shoot two leaves that go in a diagonal pattern. Then if you get another upgrade, you throw fireballs. Hmm. So you, you do get upgrades and you know health um health replenish throughout the levels, even though it can get a little stingy with the health uh, refresh as you go on later on in the game. Excuse me. But, you know, th- this is just such a simple game to pick up. Um, it's even kind of addictive in a way just because, you know, I haven't sit- sat down that many times to play it. But the times that I have, I play it for at least an hour. See, it- it's... It's pretty insane. I'm looking here on uh, on eBay, and I, I it's hard to find just a, a copy of this. There's one here, uh, Pocky and Rocky Super Nintendo '93 SNES original game cartridge, one hundred nineteen ninety nine for buy it now. Hmm. And there's one here. I see one here. Uh, for ten ninety nine, buy it now. So I don't know why there's like such a huge jump in the prices. I don't 
really because because a lot of them on here are complete in box and they're it's almost five hundred dollars. Jesus Christ! Wow, crazy! I didn't think it was yeah, that I'm, rare of a game. Yeah, I'm seeing a cartridge for twenty five. Pocky and Rocky two in box for five hundred and thirty dollars. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. No thanks. And I'm seeing, I'm seeing Pocky and Rocky with the original instruction manual for two hundred. <laughs> uh, the game with box for two seventy five, and then cartridge for twenty five. Wow. So it's it's it, it really varies. Like I, I think it's gonna have to be one of those situations where I just happen to run into it in person. Yeah. And then just see how much it is is, is what it's gonna take. But you know, I would love to get a copy of this game. I really want to play the sequel once I beat the original. I we were talking before we started uh actually going live. Um I'm at the final boss, or I'm getting close to the final boss, but I haven't quite beat it yet. But it's a really, really fun game. Like all the the praise that I remember reading about it when I was a kid and even now, to me is well deserved because it's it's got catchy music, it's got bright, colorful graphics. It looks it looks like pure one hundred percent SNES. Yeah. That was and my it, first thought looking at the video for for the for this game. I'm like, man, this is what I remember best about the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I keep emphasizing, you know, but the simple gameplay is literally you can pick it up and within a minute or so, you've got the gameplay down. So is there any sort of like RPG element to it like there was with Mystical Ninja? Um I would say no. I mean, with Mystical Ninja, I think it just makes me think of it more in the graphical sense. But I've only briefly played Mystical Ninja, but to me, it doesn't really have that RPG feel to it because it's pretty much you you beat a level, you watch a cutscene, and then you go through another level, watch another cutscene, and so on and so forth. So there, to me, there's not really like an RPG or a collectible type element to it. It's pretty straightforward. But it's still fun, though. Hmm. i definitely going to keep an eye out for a copy of this because this looks so much like Legend of Mystical Ninja. I have to have it. Like, I love that game so much, I have to have this just because it looks like it. <laughs> like, that's how much I love that game. Well, looking at the reception and actually an award it got from 1993 from Electronic Gaming Monthly, it got the best game duo of the year. Wow. Um, GamePro gave it 4.9 out of 5, Nintendo Power 3.5 out of 5, uh, Super Power 87 out of 100. So it, it was pretty well praised and you know I, I think well-deservedly so because from a graphical standpoint, it looked really good and really smooth for the Super Nintendo. Um, gameplay was great, great soundtrack, um, adorable characters. You know, so what what's not to like about it? And obviously there was a there were two sequels, uh, Pocky and Rocky 2, which I hope to play soon after I beat Pocky and Rocky 1. Uh, see, then the second sequel was Pocky and Rocky with Becky for the Game Boy Advance. And then UFO Interactive Games later released a spiritual successor called Heavenly Guardian, which was released for the PlayStation 2 and the Wii. So any other any other comments on this game? No, not really. I mean, how long would you say this game is to play it from beginning to end? Uh, Well, I've seen I've watched videos where some have beat it in less than an hour. Now, to me, it was a little more challenging than that. Now, is there a save Um, feature or um, I don't. I don't believe so. Okay. I, I don't remember was... seeing one, to be honest. Maybe a... Um... Why can't I think of words tonight? My brain's starting to shut down. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, code. Uh, like a code-based saving oh. system. Let's see. 
So the thing is, I never really, I didn't really look through the menu, so I couldn't because I, okay. whenever I use the, whenever I use an emulator, I always just create a save point, See, and then just pick up from there. But I, I don't remember actually seeing one. If I'm being honest. And I hate when I start getting tired like this and I can't think of words and then I'm going to go back and listen to this episode tomorrow and I'm going to be like, you're such an idiot <laughs> talking about myself. I'm like, oh, oh no, God. It's... <laughs> no, it's all good. They're just words. Use them. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess to wrap up my review, I will say to go off what I said earlier, I wish I had played this game as a kid Yeah. because I... I have zero doubt that this would be top 10 Super Nintendo game of all time for me, possibly bordering on the top five. Wow. Like it, it's, it's that fun. I, I would give it, I would give it a solid eight, eight and a half. Uh, and I, I look forward to, to playing the sequel. So do you think playing it now, as opposed to uh, playing it as a kid and having no nostalgia for it, um, does that affect the score at all? I think a little bit like I could see myself giving it an like a full point higher, like a nine or a nine and a half. Yeah. But I, I highly recommend that anybody play it. You know, it, it's it's so much fun. Well, I'm going to as soon as I can find a copy of it, if I have to get a ROM of it, which I'm not saying I do stuff like that. I don't do stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to try do. to find an a, um, actual copy of this somewhere because I would love to play this and have a copy of it. it. It I love the box art. It's very, you know, very colorful and cute and very Super Nintendo, and I love it. It, it if at first glance, like you look at the uh, the cover art for it, and you think immediately think Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Yeah, Ren and Stimpy are some type of Nickelodeon or like Warner Brothers cartoon from the 90s. Yeah. Hmm. But well, yeah, that's that's, cool. uh, that's my review of Pocky and Rocky. Well, uh, next week we're going to start our Battletoads block. Next year, next week I'm going to be talking about Battletoads for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And then the week after that, Derek's going to be talking about, um, what was it, Battletoads versus Double Dragon? Mm-hmm. So that's going to be fun. I can't wait to talk about that. I can't wait to play Battletoads because it's been a long time and I'm probably going to really suck. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, for, for those who watch live, uh, we're actually scheduled to do two episodes oh, yeah? next week because that's right when my uh, gauntlet of July starts. So mm. I guess next week we can go through the whole spiel of how July is going to work because it's... It's going to get a little weird. All right. We can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, is there anything you wanted to tell these fine people before we get out of here tonight? Uh, one thing I actually forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, and it was something you actually texted me about. Um, I'm going to be going to Philadelphia oh, yeah. next month for podcast movement, which is uh, basically a podcasting convention that's held at a different location every year. I've been wanting to go for the last two years, but it's either fallen into a time of where I've had to work or I don't have the money. Yeah. And Same it just here. so happened to fall right at the end of a homestand. So I would basically be gone for an entire week. But I said, you know what? Why not? So I did it. So I wish I could go I'll with be you. I, it would be so much fun. We'll we'll have to we'll have to make it a point for us both to go next year. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. I'd lo I've been wanting to go for years and just have never been able to go. I had no idea that it has been going on as long as it has. I think it's been going on since 2014. Oh yeah, it's been a, four or five years. It's been going on now. It's crazy. So yeah, I'll be there representing uh, Nerd Cave Retro as well as. My solo show, The Derek Diamond Experience, which you can check out every Thursday on iTunes, Spotify, and all podcasting platforms. And you can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. Yeah, go listen to The Derek Diamond Podcast. Derek just dropped about eight more episodes this last week. And, uh, <laughs> trying to keep up with him is like trying to keep up with... Uh, I don't know who puts out a lot of podcasts. 
Uh, probably Kevin Smith. Yeah. Even though I, yeah. I, I do not in no way deserve to be even <laughs> mentioned in the same category as every, him. Every day I look on my overcast. It's like Derek Diamond experience. Derek talks with <laughs> everybody today. I'm like, damn, Derek, slow down. Uh, Give me a chance I wish to that were the case. <laughs> uh, so, and go check out Pop Culture Palette over at, at PCP Show and uh, PCPRadio.com. Go listen to that. And we didn't have a new episode this week. It's our off week, but we will return this week with a new episode. And so go listen to the old episode before the new one drops at PCPRadio.com. So, Derek, anything else before we go? I don't think so. All right. Well, let me go ahead and play this here. And if you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're at nerdcaveretro.com, and we're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. You can follow us individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. And we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. So, Derek, please tell them what it's all about. Excuse me, princess. <laughs> You've been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production. <laughs>